Larry, how are you? Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today, it's my esteemed pleasure to have on OWC founder Larry O'Connor. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm glad to how have you on. How you been holding up through all this um, pandemic stuff and everything? You know, staying busy, that's for sure. I mean, time kind of, you know, has a different meaning when you're working from home for this period. I mean, it's, the weeks just kind of blend, but... Uh, so far, so good, and our team is you know, really uh, adapted, broadening with very little notice and you know, not a whole lot of uh, opportunity to plan in advance. We adapted you know, very, very quickly and, by and large, kept things you know, rolling you know, really strong. And, and it's funny, you know, you, you being a, a technological person, in a, and it's funny, that's why we have technical difficulties, by the way, so apologies on being a few minutes late, but, um, but um, you made the adaptions. And how did that feel with, you know, you just kind of rolling with the punches and adapting for things from home? You know, it was, uh, I call it a, quite a, you know, we have you know, over 100 people that are always, you know, full-time in the office, you know, that, that are not working from home. So it's kind of an unplanned experiment. I mean, we have a, <laughs> folks that uh, are hybrid in that, but it, it was real interesting. And, uh, you know, the good news is, and I tell you, if this had happened 10 years or 15 years ago, especially, I think it would have been an unmitigated disaster, but you know, with the technology that you know we deploy even in the office, you know, we, it was very flexible. It was literally just moving people's workstations and phones, which are already IP-based, you know, from the office to their home, make sure folks had good internet, work on some of that connectivity. And again, it was it, it was remarkably transparent. It's not perfect. You know, we had some bugs to work out, and you know, not everybody uh, you know, is necessarily going to be the best uh, work from home. I mean, that, that can be, you know, if it's nothing about, yeah, they say somebody's intention. It's just sometimes it's it's hard for people to be isolated. That's the biggest uh, challenge, I think, for the work from home, not having that daily uh, interaction and just natural. I call it. Um, how should I say? Osmosis of information. How are you, how are you handling? How are you handling it? Is it personally, you know, working from home and and uh, dealing with things like this? I mean, because obviously you've been doing this. You've been doing this a long time, and you started off. Uh, the way I understand it, just kind of taking a project and, you know, basically maybe we'll go back there in just a second and, and building into what your company is today. But so is that from the experience of doing it like that as a kid and that you're handling it well now? You know, it's we've got folks worldwide. I mean, I moved to Austin uh, you know, about, it's already been eight years, almost nine years to, to build our operations here. So we've got, you know, roughly... Uh, a little bit more than 15% of our, our team is in the, the Austin area. So some of that remote was already there. You know, tools like Zoom and uh, you know, we use Teams, Microsoft Teams in particular, very widely. I, I, I'd say to some degree it's it's being in the office, it's spent more time interfacing you know, with our, our local team. And actually, I may actually be spending a lot more time interfacing with, you know, via the online uh, services and with our team worldwide. So it's it's been a pretty easy you know, it's it's been interesting. I mean, I do miss being in the office and and you know, how to say and being touching and feeling the, the different products and solutions that we have development going on. I miss big time going. You know, I travel up to Woodstock on a pretty regular basis, and that's probably uh, one of the, the the harder things that you know, not just not being uh, interface on a more regular basis with the team, but making the best possible. But you know, with these electronic uh, mediums. Absolutely. Now, now, what what got you uh, interested in electronics? And you know, when you started off, 
I mean, just building this up from a, a small project yourself, what got you intrigued with electronics and computers? You know, my dad was an early adopter of technology. I mean, way back in the, he had a Telex in the 70s. He got one of the, uh, the TRS-80s, the Trash-80s, you know, really, really early in, in the, uh, the 80s. And uh, the stuff that I was always interested in, you know, he let me, uh, I say, at least early on, let me watch him. But what kind of was that big break and, you know, just talk about absolute just luck. You know, my folks won a, an Atari 400XL uh, computer. It was a door prize, I and mean, just a total, I mean, you know, lottery draw. And I think it's 5,000 people, and that 400XL, it had a cassette deck on it. My folks, uh, my mom in particular made me, she didn't let me play games on it. She, you know, effectively, you know, helped have me uh, learn how to program. She got me you know, the different applications at that time. came on, well, yeah, they had a, they, you stored your programs to tape and put cartridges in that had the different uh, software but you know, I learned how to program on, on that Atari, and it got me a really interesting in, in the inner functioning. Wow, that that's that's crazy, and, and I remember that. I was too poor to have one of those as a kid, but I remember seeing those and just fantasizing about having a computer that just did what those things you saw on TV do. So I'm thinking about it now, thinking, man, you know, you came from that, which was the minute. I always computed to like, you look at the Batcave on TV, the old Batmans, and that was like a 512 or something like that. They joked and said that's what the computer was. And you fast forward it today and, you know, it, it, it could fit on your phone with a bunch more toys. <laughs> and, you know, but what did you see? So you just fell in love with programming and what it could do? Yeah, in fact, I mean, the, the, I mean, just how things worked. I mean, at that point, you know, there was, you know, the world was endless. I got into, you know, war games certainly was inspiration for a whole other, I'd say, area that you know, went into for a short period of time. But yeah, I go back and I was, I had one computer, I mean, I was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the population of Marineville, Illinois, where I grew up was, at that time, you know, five or 6,000. You know, the odds of me otherwise having a computer that I could learn on, other than this thing being, being one, was pretty, pretty small. But, you know, got online in the, in the mid-80s, and we had a, uh, you know, went through that whole big, giant surge in memory pricing. And plus, you know, I thought it was really crappy that you had to bring your whole computer into a, a store to do upgrades. Especially when you find out these upgrades, you know, really only took a few minutes to install, but you'd have to leave your computer there for three days to, to put some memory chips in. So that pretty much inspired me first for my own personal needs. I mean, I wanted more memory and wanted a good deal. And and secondarily, I couldn't drive, so being able to do an upgrade myself meant I didn't have to take it into uh, the store and seeing that I could get the chips for a whole heck of a lot less than anybody was offering uh, to us in the Apple space. Apple. Uh, resellers have typically, certainly way back in the day, you know, used to sell uh, the same memory for a premium. That's not, not really the case today. There's a lot of differences, but back in the 80s, you know, there weren't different programs. There weren't in, in terms of the uh, SPDs for controlling how memory operated. It was you know, a, a, a cast rate. It was a, a refresh rate, and it was a chip. Whether it was a PC or Mac, it took the exact same chip, but it was four times more to buy those chips you know, you're buying from an Apple source. And then, plus, again, paying $100 to, inst to install. You know, I rolled the dice, and it was, like, yeah, I bought, you know, how to say, started buying some of these chips from my own use. Found out very easy to install, that I could teach people how to install them, to share that knowledge and give people uh, instructions and, and have them do it themselves in the comfort of their own homes as well. And, you know, you know the OWC uh, was born. 
And he, it was actually born before that, technically, guys, rink and ribbons. I also printed a lot and saw an opportunity for business to rink ribbons. But that was, that was messy business. I'd been a little later, uh, I would have gotten into recharging or reloading uh, inkjet cartridges, which would have been a bit of a, a little bit less messy, probably more profitable. Rinking ribbons, I, I was very happy to be on rinking ribbons as a source of income for my computer hobby and into uh, actually supporting the hardware. I remember when there was a lot of money in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, before they went all proprietary, there there was. I never got into the the uh, again after ranking ribbons got got away from it, but it it was good for a while. It saved me a whole heck of a lot, and I, I did a lot for local businesses. You must have had a lot of friends because you were one of the few guys that could you know install these things for nickels and dimes compared to what they were charging for it. Any of your friends that had computers or businesses must have loved you. It was a win, win, win. I didn't do uh, installations. I mean, for a lot of different reasons. You know, one very good reason was I didn't have a car. I couldn't you know, drive anywhere. But the uh, uh, how do I say? Uh, I did. You know, I walked people through. and Was happy to, uh, to explain to people how how this stuff worked. And when somebody asked me if they could do an installation, if I they could just pay me to uh, to do the installation for them, I can start. You know, it's you know, they, I mean, I'll never forget the question. What if I break a chip? It's like. If you break a chip, you can, I'll sell you another one. You can buy two sets, though, and you're still going to pay less than you know, buying one set and having me install it. It's going to take you five minutes. And, you know, the guy bought the memory and installed it without an issue, and, and you know, and life went on. So it was, I was real happy. To, you know, I've always about, always been about value. I mean, making sure that people get a good value, that they get, you know, good performance, that we maximize. You, know, you don't need to, you don't need to buy a new computer if you have a system that still has Capabilities yet to be explored and, and, and brought to potential. And upgrading memory is very, very easy. You know, today things are a little bit different. I mean, you got SSDs that make a huge difference. You can plug in eGPUs. I mean, there's it, just, it's amazing what you can do with these computers today. I mean, for the last, actually, from the beginning of time, you know, with what you've already got versus, you know, the cost and the expense and the hassle of moving to a new system. Right, and, and that's what I guess one of the things that your company really, uh, I guess, prides itself on is, is giving that good dollar for and showing it can be a lot more reasonable than replacing your whole system, and it's also uh, easier on our ecosystem as well. Yeah, I didn't quite probably uh, catch that. But, I, know, said, I said, I said you, you like to make sure your company is really good at, at, at helping people you know, get the most out of it and also not just replacing your computer every couple of years like everybody wants you to do. And it's also easier on our ecosystem as well. Oh, certainly. From an uh, environmental, just a, a total sustainability point of view, you know, it's a win-win. I mean, it, it's in addition to being you know, typically really good for your wallet, it also, you know, really maximizes the resources, the use of resources that went into putting your computer together in the first place. Recycling is pretty destructive and pretty energy intensive and doesn't recover, you know, relatively speaking, does not recover a very large percentage of, you know, what it took to, to make that system. So being able to get more years out of a, out of any device, whether it's a car, a computer, a tractor, you know, doesn't matter. I mean, that really you know, makes a huge difference. And the other side of the equation is, you know, a lot of folks are disappointed, especially if you're replacing, you know, you know, systems that are newer, now, a lot of people are disappointed with the the difference you know, that they see. I mean, it's all a lot of fun to get a brand new uh, computer, but sometimes you know what you what you receive is not the big performance leap 
that you may have expected. And then a lot in other cases, you know, if you have a machine that's a few years old, especially a machine that's got a hard drive in it, you're going to get more benefit. I mean, unbelievable benefit just replacing that hard drive with a solid state drive. And that's, I mean, most folks, that's the other thing that about when I talk to people, you know, people who really are excited when they bought a new computer and they feel how fast it is. Nine out of 10 times, they went from a computer that had a hard drive and they bought a system that has an SSD. Now, they might even have a slower processor. It might actually even have, in some ways, less capabilities than what they're replacing it with. And if they just put an SSD in that older system, they would have already, they would have been just as happy and might even have, you know, a system that performs better. So it's, it's, again, we're all about maximizing, really helping people maximize their technology, get the most from everything. And we build mass stores. I mean, it's not just maximizing, we just, you know, we help make your system faster. And then we also have the capabilities. We have those add-ons with the stores, the docks, the, uh, you know, the different interfaces. You know, we, we provide solutions so you can also, you know, maximize your own creative you know, output workflow. You know, we you know the capacity to store, you know, capacity is a dream for all practical purposes. And you know, it's not just computer technology that you know, we focus on. We also invest in technology for our own operation. You know, solar is something that exists now you know, on our main facilities. We produce in Woodstock more renewable energy via wind and solar than we consume. You know, we just put solar on our facility. Actually, the office park room, we actually upgraded the entire uh, facility, they, they, all the facilities with solar uh, there. You know, these are technologies that do have a return on investment. They're environmentally positive, and they have a, a long-term return. And, you know, we're all about long-term returns. I mean, the short term is, uh, it's easy to look at the short term, but you know, we, we expect to be here for the long term, and we certainly want to leave you know, this world a better place for the long term in terms of you know, how we found it. Now, I've got four kids, and you know, certainly in Missouri, if our customer have kids or at some point will have kids, and that's you know, a real consideration. Yeah, I like that. I really like the environmental part of that uh, that you're that you're focusing on because the longer you stretch it out, and like you said, you know, you can upgrade it without completely replacing it. I, I've actually been through that in, in last year myself, and I don't see the results that I could have probably had if I'd have talked to you, you know, six months or a year ago. <clears throat> you know. And I have three computers on my desk right now as I'm talking to you and going, eh, I wish I'd have known you six months ago. <laughs> right on. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, but but see, and that's the thing, and looking out for the environment, and you know, and I understand that I have kids and grandkids, and I like that idea that I was pointed out, you know, that you guys try to do the best for that and, and to have your companies running a lot on solar and wind is really great. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's there, and it's, it, it, again, it's, it's, we can do it, it's, it's available, it makes sense, so, you know, why not? Right, and, and you, you reach into, you reach into a lot of other things as well, I mean, you, you reach into the, uh, to the world of working with uh, coding, and kids, and girls with code, things like that too, right? I heard the, I'm sorry, the, you said coding and, and, and like, sorry, things like with coding and like, you know, and kids with coding and like girls with code, girls who code and things like that. Oh, sure. You work with a lot of those programs yeah. also, right? Absolutely positively in terms of, you know, our, they talk about the kids, the kids are the future and, you know, it's a real, it's an amazing world that opens up to kids in, to, in terms of the opportunities available. You know, when they see what they can do, whether it's programming or, you know, just, you know, the podcast and video production, you know, video editing, audio editing, you know, there's, 
the really cool thing, I mean, it doesn't matter now. Anywhere in the world, you know, these skills can be taught and, and presented. And these kids, instead of, you know, you know, being in a situation that's really economically challenging and you know, really, you know, how do you say, not great things you know, that end up you know, sometimes happening to these to the kids without opportunity. But the opportunities in technology, you know, we talk about work from home, I mean, it's work from anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, somebody's in the, you know, the middle of Africa. As long as they got internet, and the internet is, you know, it's really available everywhere. As long as they've got, you know, access to the online, they can, they can do work for somebody here. They can work for somebody in Europe. They can do work for somebody anywhere. And it's a, a whole, you know, new economic opportunity that, you know, really, you know, it, it's, it, it changes. It, it, it's big. I'll just leave it like that. And everybody, every bird deserves these opportunities and should have these opportunities. It's really great to, uh, to see those happening because all, I really do believe all ships lift, you know, as you know, everybody you know, is able to come into this, you know, come into this you know, world economy and be able to you know, show off and, and utilize their God-given uh, skills. And I, I think the people don't realize it, and I've realized it in the last couple of years, as far as how far coding and programming and, and other things, you know, your video editing and all those things that, that can that can be developed and people can do, like you said, right from their laptop somewhere with an internet. And I think that that's an unbelievable opportunity in a company like yours is kind of reaching out there and showing because you have many different platforms to where you divulge into. You're not just a one trick pony. No, that's, that's I would say exceptionally, exceptionally true in terms of uh, type C, especially Thunderbolt, certainly in Thunderbolt three. I mean, there's probably no, I shouldn't say probably now there's no other uh, company in the world that has more different solutions that supports more different ways to take advantage of Thunderbolt 3 than, than what we have in our lineup. So uh, it's Mac, it's PC, and we support, we also support, not obviously not with Thunderbolt, but uh, we support Google Chromebook. And it's, uh, again, they, the power you have in your hand with an iPhone, you know, is more power than you had you know, you know, 10 years ago with a full-on uh, high-end you know, PC or Mac. Right. It's yeah, really yeah, absolutely that's insane. That's why I always make the old Batman joke. He, 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 I, I, I said that one time to to Ben Affleck, I said, what would you do if, if you had a computer today? He says, of course, I'd have more toys, you know, for the old Batcave. You know, he says, I, he said, I could have all the things on my phone. He said, I could have much more toys. And I was like, I love that, you know. But, and, and like you said, 10 years ago's iPhone to now, you, you, you've taken some industry, though, things as far as the fact of music. And, I mean, you've touched the world of music in regards to the fact of your technology. Um, and you've had some really big players in the game, uh, you know, you had something to do with the Super Bowl and the Beyonce uh, work, I believe. Yeah, our technology drove the the halftime show uh, was all OWC powered, so that was that was pretty cool. Actually, it's the second time it's been it's two years that's uh, I believe last year it wasn't last year. Uh, now this year's Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl two years ago was driven by OWC hardware, so on the uh, the audio program. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, this our product is, and that's the thing. I mean. From a cost point of view, I mean, this is stuff that drives that kind of, you know, really you know, high demand, you know, production, live production, no, no room for any kind of uh, air. But that same hardware, you know, you can buy and, and bring home, and it's not expensive, relatively speaking. I mean, you look at the cost of everything today, and it's so, it's you know, compared to you know what you would have, you couldn't, you couldn't even buy, you know, the kind of capability you get today, you know. 
I say 10, 15, 20, well, 10 years ago, maybe for really high price, but 20, 25 years ago, I mean, it's almost impossible. But now it's, you know, this is stuff that everybody has, almost everybody and more people should have access to, but virtually anybody and everybody has access to and is able to, you know, if you, you want to put the effort and the energy in, you know, technology, the cost of technology certainly has come down to the point where, you know, the, the barriers are, are pretty well removed. It's just, really exposing people and giving, you know, especially at a young, you know, giving our youth the opportunity to see what you can do with technology and how they can express and how they can apply their creativity and talents, again, natural talents, you know, with these different platforms and huge opportunity. There's no, there's really no uh, shortage of opportunity, you know, work things that, you know, folks, you know, content is, is king and um, everything else might be uh, automatically uh, created out there. I mean, or manufactured, robots, whatever, but uh, it won't replace uh, you know, the creativity of individuals. Well, I definitely agree. Well, but yeah, yeah, I understand. I mean, and I know what you're talking about because I bought, what was it, like an 8086 or something like that uh, computer back in like 91, and it was like four or five grand. And I think it was 8080 something. And, uh, and you look at it now compared to what you get on a home computer now. But when you talk to these kids and these kids are looking at, hey, look, what's the idea for them to get into coding or programming or whatever? You're talking about running a, a musical whole sequence with some of the biggest stars in the world on one of the biggest platforms in the world, like the Super Bowl. And and they'll look at it and go, wow, that's where they can go with this technology that a company like yours is bringing to the, bringing to the platform. I agree to agree doing that. You know, I look at Apple, you know, certainly you know, Microsoft as well, but, you know, again, the platforms today are certainly, they've become very, very supportive, certainly on, on the content create, creation side. Programming, you know, is, is not quite, you know, it's changed a bit. I mean, I think it's too object-orientated versus, you know, really, you know, how to say high-level code, but a low-level code, depending on how you, how you look at it, but all the same. Again, there's, there's great opportunities today. The learning curves have been substantially removed. You know, this is this is the kind of stuff that you you set it up and you go. And it's really just you know, showing kids. Actually, it's very easy to show the examples of you know what what's out there. You know, look at all the folks using this stuff, using these these you know, I say these solution setups. And wow, it's not very expensive. You can do the same stuff. And you know, folks are it's, it's at that point. It's it's not a not a technology barrier. It's just. Of uh, it's learning and then it's expressing creativity, right? And you've had some work even on like the movie movie sets and stuff like that. How how has that been affected? I believe you did a movie recently with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, hardware. We got involved with uh, Kiss the Ground. You know, we try to get, get involved with you know. I believe water is very important. You know, we look at you know, different you know, environmental aspects. Kiss the Ground focuses on really practical changes uh, to farming, which are beneficial to the farmers in terms of you know, the cost of inputs and the return they get per acre and incredibly uh, you know, positive for our environment. I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at it, you know, what change we can make to our carbon footprint just by, for lack of a better term, you know, you know correcting uh, you know, where we went wrong with farming. You know, farming is highly responsible for desertification, which you know, removing vegetation from land. I mean, Microclimates become macroclimates when you have large expanses of farmland that's you know, being tilled. You know, it's it's pretty. You know, we focus on them. Uh, I'm not going to get into the smoke and mirrors of, of this, the whole. Uh, you, know, you know how to say how all this stuff is measured and where the fingers get pointed right. on carbon this, uh, carbon that. But it's pretty insane when you look at the potential for uh, you know, CO2 sequestration. 
just via you know, proper farming, or I should say a different method. I shouldn't say proper farming. You know, a different approach to farming. In addition, you know, better costs and you know, better safety. I mean, it's nuts when you look at it. I mean, the ground, you know, and they're only learning these things. I can go on and on on this stuff. And the movie Friday will do a much better job. And there's also a site for uh, Kiss the Ground that has different informational uh, video short uh, YouTubes that talks about it, too. But you know, in a nutshell, they've really only learned over the last decade, you know, like, you know what kind of biome we have. You know, and how that and, and how it's symbiotic with you know, vegetation. You know, way before we planted the farm, you know, this was a very lush planet. Didn't need people fertilizing. You know, they weren't. You know, the ground was being tilled. And today, and you know, just over the last, you know, you know, thirty, forty years, I, I believe it's like three and a half times more fertilizers necessary. You know, you know, per uh, you know, you know, whatever you want, per unit of uh, uh, produce per calorie produced. Because we've effectively, for lack of any other better term, we've killed the ground. Now that you know that symbiotic, symbiotic system that actually kept, keeps the ground fertilized, keeps the ground fertile in place. You know the topsoil where it belongs. I mean, we've replaced with fertilizer and pesticides, and unfortunately, it's substantially increased the. Uh, while we've done all these other things with yields and, and X Y Z, you know, in the same timeline, we're also substantially increasing dependencies on fertilizer. And those same pesticides at increasingly high, higher and higher levels, which isn't sustainable. Not sustainable for a long-term production, and it, you know, it does a lot more damage than I would have ever imagined. I grew up in you know, farmland. Every year they till, but it's pretty nuts when you look at the satellite imagery and see how much carbon is released. You know, when it's tilling time. It's, right. it's, you know, yeah. Well, I anyway, there's I can go on and on, but there's no, you know, no, it's no. pretty. You know, Woody Harrelson has a great line in there where. He basically talks that, you know, says, you know, he, he had lost hope, but you now I have hope again because just, you know, a small shift in farming and, and it's, you know, X percent, a very small change per year in terms of the, uh, how many, you know, the tillable acres out there can very quickly uh, overcome the, uh, even the, you know, the CO2 output that we currently have. They can actually reverse, you know, our carbon uh, increases that we're currently putting up into the environment. Even rain farming is just nuts. I mean, we don't, look, we're just, yeah, we should have a lot more respect. And, and again, it's not unintentional. I, I shouldn't really say it this way, but Mother Nature is a pretty darn, uh, you know, the Earth, the whole uh, you know, biosphere is a pretty amazing system. And ultimately, I mean, you know, it, it didn't, excuse me, I didn't interrupt you. It didn't, I'm, I'm half American Indian, you know, half Cherokee Indian. And it's funny, they always used to plant in one area. And then when that crop would come out, they'd move it to another area and they'd, they'd do something smaller in that and let that ground settle again. And I think they had the right idea back then. And now we have to kind of catch up and learn by that again. Yeah, absolutely positively. And there's so much you know, more that we don't know than we do know. And it's like, it's like anything else. I mean, you find, I mean, I don't care what it is. If you find something that, you know, is working, I mean, it's a, you know, they just start fertilizing, start fertilizing the ground. Okay, they have positive results. You still don't know the whole system. You still don't know, you know, the other, you know, what else right. is going on. I mean, it's like, there's, there's, there's too much. Well, a lot's being learned, and there's still, I'm like, Where can we find of, this movie at, Larry? Uh, if you go online and uh, Google Kiss the Ground, uh, you can find a trailer. You can also find a lot of, again, a lot more information, not just the movie, but a lot of information that, you know, that supports and explains just what this is about. And the U.S. Department of Agriculture also is, you know, they're out there training and promoting, you know, this different way of farming as well. So it's not just some, you know, some, you know, crazy idea that somebody's got that's not for food. I mean, they've been promoting this for, 
a good actually about a decade now. So it's it is it is real. John Deere makes uh, you know tractors or makes uh, <coughs> systems that don't uh, tear up the ground. They do their tillers. Uh, you know, planners and whatnot, there are, anyway, I think that it's a whole other area. You can go online and, and learn about, but there's certainly, uh, there's good, I mean, there's, I mean, the world's an amazing place, and with a few changes, it can absolutely heal itself. I love, I love that, and I love that message you're bringing through with that. Now, you also have, I mean, you have so many things, and I'd love to have you on again uh, to go into numerous of these things, um, but you also have, uh, are involved with a new radio show coming up, I do believe, uh, with uh, Satori, and you guys are going to have some type of radio show coming up? Uh, we have, actually, OWC Radio on a regular basis actually brings some I mean, producers, artists, I would say, uh, in some cases, you know, actors, but, you know, folks in the creative industry that are, are making, creating, writing, and, you know, producing you know, music, videos, TV commercials even, I mean, the whole, whole nine yards. That, I mean, it's, that's a regular, if you, you know, if you go OWC Radio, we have a, a, a great lineup of again amazing people who are doing amazing things, you know, you know, using technology. Right. Yeah. Satori had told me how much you're helping so many different things that you're looking at, and, uh, and man, she's a keeper, brother. I'm telling you, um, she 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 was helping. She gave me a fast forward in your company. And I was very impressed very quickly at how well she could explain things out very much in detail. By the way, just to let you know, uh, that was just a wonderful, a wonderful uh, appreciation of me getting to know more about your company and just not just reading about it online, but getting a one-on-one -on, -one on it. But, I mean, I, I love the idea because you have your hands in so many different areas. I mean, like the music thing, I mean, you, you, you've worked with uh, people from Nine Inch Nails to Guns N' Roses and, and, and helping with their music to even this, this one got me. You mentioned Woodstock. And I guess you've worked with Henry uh, Henry uh, Dilton in regards to the fact of his photography. Yeah, Henry Dilton was the original. He was the only uh, uh, photographer at Woodstock, and he's he's taken pictures of. I mean, if you if you own any uh, CDs or cassettes or even eight whatever maybe eight tracks, you you absolutely have uh, albums with his with photos that are his. Uh, that that he made that he that he took. I mean, he's taken I mean, just huge numbers of uh, album art. He takes all sorts of great pictures, and his he's a really cool guy, amazing guy. I mean, he's I mean, never mind you know, just the artistic quality of his photos, which are living in the real life. Not yeah, you know, he doesn't set up. You know, they're not posed pictures. I mean, they're real life photos. I mean, they're they're living photos. But he's also just an amazing historian. I mean, yeah, I, I, if we've been trying to. Uh, Actually, shouldn't say trying. But, well, we are actually trying to work with him to get everything documented, get his his notes. Uh, you know, not all his notes are super. He can read them. Not everybody else can read them. <laughs> That's mine to too. Mine are like that too. <laughs> trying to, yeah, trying to save all the history. But we've digitized you know hundreds of thousands. I'm going to say it's probably millions, but hundreds of thousands of photos that have, we uh, at this point digitized and you know, with a project that uh, he allowed us to uh, take on to protect. You know, really the history that you know, he's captured you know, through his lens for the last uh, 50, uh, 60 years. That's crazy thinking about the fact of in one minute you're designing programs that are working with, you know, solar things and everything else to the next minute you're working on preserving photos from negatives and things like that. That's, it, it, is it that much of a stretch or am I just looking at it and, and over-proofing it? 
it's all technology. I mean, it's all, you know, in the case of the, the photography program, you know, capturing all those images and scans, you know, that's all going to a Jupiter system and one of our uh, high-end uh, storage arrays. And the cool thing there is, you know, it, they're capturing the, uh, doing all these scans, capturing in California, and then they replicate over the, over the internet, you know, to our home base in uh, Woodstock. So there's always, you know, two copies of that in two places. The drives are super redundant, but uh, obviously, if, you know, something happens physically, you know, uh, earthquake, whatever, fire. I mean, it's you know, it's nice to have that that replication. So it just an application tech. I mean, the cool thing you can do so many things with technology. It's so much easier than it was, you know, fifteen, twenty years to do these things. So it's it's not a stretch at all. I mean, you can apply technology to just about everything because it's it's not really a fixation of what the technology is for. It's really you know up to you and your creativity how you apply it. That is just amazing. I'm I'm actually going through that with tra- transferring hundreds of hours of uh, VHC and uh, and mini uh, right now, and so I understand that fully. So I have huge respect for your people doing that. Um, and you have another thing you're associated with, and it's a, the John Lennon bus. Can you tell us a little bit about that quickly? Oh, sure. John Lennon bus uh, goes around, works with students again. Is another. Uh a solution that another organization that inter- introduces kids to technology. It shows them, I mean, in the case of John Lennon Bus, you know, they go on to uh, high school campuses, typically in disadvantaged areas, and they'll bring on, you know, the, you know, the kids that have an interest in music and technology, and they'll do a jam session with them. They'll bring them together. They'll produce, uh, you know, some actual music and some videos. Now, while they're there, so they show them the equipment that's used. They'll they'll actually have to use the equipment and, and do the uh, do the work while they're there. And then after uh, John Lennon bus pulls out and moves on to its next location, you know, within typically two to three days, they get the uh, you know the work edited and cut, and they put it online. So the kids immediately get to see you know you know just what exactly you know all that all that ended up uh, generating. So it's just really it's cool. It's inspiring, and it you know shows kids that you know, again they they've got it, it gives kids an opportunity to exhibit. You know, and, and, and just see what, you know, what their talent can be applied to. And it gets, you know, a lot of folks really interested in, in that technology and going out and doing. That, that is fantastic. And, of course, it's John Lennon, so that's really just awesome by itself on the part of being associated with that whole deal. But I think that's a wonderful program. And uh, definitely in the future, I want to find out. I'm, I'm going to talk to you a lot more about a lot of your programs I do have one that I know that, uh, and I don't. I hope, I hope it's okay to say something. You've invested a lot of time and effort into cancer research, and I wanted to touch on that uh, for a minute, if you don't mind. To can you share a little bit about that and what what your ideas are of things? You know, in terms of again, this is all. I guess I probably. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. Some of our words here, I have some non-disclosures in place. I, it's not something I could super talk about. Understand. I, but, I, I, um, but, but, you're, but I will say this, you know, I, I got pushed, I should say pushed, but drawn into uh, that space and an interest in supporting certain companies in that space, mainly because my mom, uh, I'd say she died of cancer uh, two and a half years ago. So that was certainly something close to home. And the most frustrating thing was, you know, from a treatment point of view, from a technology point of view, now, there were solutions that, you know, quite frankly, she, to me, she should still be here today. Now, part of me feels I failed and, and not make sure that was the case. But you know, there are certainly opportunities with technology and other developments to, you know, cancer doesn't have to uh, 
uh, have the mortality that it does. And the way we approach it, we have historically approached it, which is really with a sledgehammer instead of tactically with, you know, how to say, maybe a, something a little more precise, you know, a laser pinpoint. You know, it's is a big part of the, uh, I think it's a big part, at least the, uh, the, the side effects and the mortality that we do see in cancer. Well, I, I wanted, to, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I, and I didn't want to just kind of throw that out there, but I wanted to show that, you know, you know, you're also participating and working hard at coming to some of the solutions. Also, is what my intention was to bring to that. I hope you understand that. No, sure, certainly. You know, there was, it was a complete positive to that, and I, 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 uh, I apologize if I stepped on your toes at all or, or anything like that, because that was not no, the case. not at all, not at all. It's, it's hard to offend me, so you know, no worries. But I, and I respect that. And if you have anything ever coming out or put out, you just please, you know, let us know. Because if you're having any kinds of programs or anything else or, or anything that it is, we'll, we'd be more than glad to share it. Um, no, that's great. You, you have, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it should cost less to treat and the results should be more positive. And there are definitely uh, things moving in the right direction that will enable that. And what would you want to share? What would be one of the things as, as we're winding down, winding this up? Because I know you have a schedule to go. Is what what would be one of the things you'd want to share out with our audience to know about you and know about your company? Um, you know that OWC. What kind of what it stands for and what you're trying to produce? You know, in your part of your area. Sure. Yeah, all the work in PMing is you know, so named. You know, it's kind of Star Trek inspired. You know, always yeah, you know, other worlds and how uh, to say that yeah you know, that that. That, front, that really in this frontier and just, you know, where we go with technology and science fiction becoming science fact. Uh, another big piece of also was simply when this company was started, you know, had exposure and experiences with organizations that just weren't very good to work with and wanted to give customers, you know, really an other world uh, in terms of the experience they got uh, from OWC uh, versus what may have been the typical out there. You know, we're here for our customers. We're here because of our customers. Uh, we are you know, certainly very responsive and, uh, you know, and listen to the needs of our customers. They dr- that substantially drives the solutions that you know, we introduce into the world. And we are our own customers. And the, you know, a lot of these things are driven by our own understandings, our own desires. And you know, we understand what makes you know, something much better than uh, something else you know, in terms of you know, like our docs. I mean, the, the stuff that we do in a lot of cases is pretty common sense. You know, we've got multiple chips us for certain ports because you, if you don't do it that way, you don't have enough bandwidth uh, among the, uh, the different interfaces. So it kind of defeats the purpose of having all those of the expansion if you're not going to be able to get the full use of uh, those ports. And some of the first reviews on the doc touted, this goes back a few years, but I'm just remembering one little thing. You now they, they talked about, wow, this is the first time I can run, you know, four cameras for you know, my, my web show at the same time and not have any uh, frame skip. I can do this live without any headaches. Now, everything else didn't work because everything else didn't have, you know, it was done, it wasn't done the right way. You know, we really, you know, listen to our customers, listen to our, looking at our own uh, requirements. We really do, you know, it's, you know, we're being our own customers and really being uh, responsible and, and, and really working to, to continue to earn the trust for our own customer, our external customers, I guess you could say, all of our customers, those that you know, make ODBC, uh, give ODBC a reason for being here. You know, we absolutely uh, you know, look at the details and, and try to provide you know, not just a product that has XYZ capabilities, but a product that is going to deliver as a solution in all the aspects, not just you know, fancy specs, but have the right specs and also have the, the capabilities to really allow people to fully utilize 
and meet expectations that are realistic for you know why that product exists. Otherwise, the solution shouldn't shouldn't exist, and I'd argue there's lots of stuff out there that just shouldn't exist. And you know, re, you know, thanks to again the feedback from our customers, our, our own uh, you know internal you know, body of users uh, of OWC uh, product stuff that we build. You now, as much for our customer, our buying public, as we we build for ourselves, and we we're really able to get people you know, stuff that, that is right on target, and and you know, it's the kind of stuff that we want to be we want to be boring. It's boring. It's not really boring in terms of, of its capabilities, but it's boring because you're doing the. I mean, it's, it supports your workflow. It supports you know what you know, you're doing in your life. You know, the computer is supposed to be. These things are supposed to be there as you know, tools for you to you know, create, perform, capture, you know, work, whatever it may be. And you know, we want our stuff just to support that and support it in the best way, so that you're not thinking about your hardware. You're not thinking about the software that we provide. You know, you're able to do your thing because you know, that's the whole point. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Where can everybody find information on your company, yourself, and your projects at? Well, certainly a great place uh, to start would be OWC.com or uh, MaxSales.com, M-A-C-S-A-L-E-S.com. And, you know, that's you know, our about pages, our, our MaxSales.com slash green or OWC.com slash green. We'll tell you about you know, some of the things we do for sustainability. But all those great products you can find through uh, OWC.com, MaxSales.com, and you know, they, uh, in a lot of cases at your favorite uh, local retailer, too. Well, I would, I would love to have you back on again because there's so many questions I have to ask you and, and and about so many different things. And I hope you'll come back on again and maybe next month, a couple of months, you'll come back on. But ladies and gentlemen, Lifebox Media Channel has had the pleasure of having OWC creator and, and overall philanthropist Larry O'Connor on. It's been a true pleasure to have you on, sir. I thank you so much for taking the time. I know we went a little long, but I just really, I'm really glad you had to take the time to share that you're making things a lot easier for a lot of people who sometimes it, it, it looks like Chinese when they speak Italian. Right on. And you know what? We don't want you to have to worry about any translation. You know, we make it easy. You just plug it in and go. Thank you, sir, for coming on. You have a wonderful day, and I really appreciate it. Likewise, Char. Really, Char, really, really appreciate you having me, and I look forward to the next time. Thank you. So take care of Lifebox Media Channel. Larry O'Connor, go check out OWC everywhere. You have a nice day, sir. Take care. Likewise, thanks.